This podcast contains material that may not be suitable for children or those of lesser constitutions. Listener discretion is advised. And now, go f*** yourself. Should I try and get... I guess I just need to experiment with this. Maybe point your mic down. Then I gotta crank it back up. Then you have to crank it back. I'm gonna bring this up to the mic. Yep. So I, I trimmed my fingernail, so I can't. Let's take, okay. Oh, oh shit. We'll see. It may have had a pre <laughs> premature <laughs> premature uh... population. <laughs> yep. Yeah, see. Yeah, that was a little flat. Oh, that was a total bummer. But let's, but uh, let's not let that drag everything down. Nothing's gonna drag anything down, and that was actually the first peeber pop at IB Studios 3.0. Here it is. Woo-hoo. Yeah, this is a seismic upgrade here. We kind of teased about it the last at the last uh, recording. I think we may have. I don't know. Mm. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, I don't listen to our podcast episodes. <laughs> <laughs> when when I edit, I just let I push the button and I walk away and it's like, okay, just let me know when you're done. Yeah. No, but I, hey, but that little pop, even though it was a little flat, and we'll do better next time. And by we, I mean AG. Uh, means that it's the start of another Innocuous Bastards podcast episode. Innocuous Bastards, of course, is a show you did not ask for, yet here we are. Mm-hmm. AG, how have you been? Pretty fair. Um, I managed to lose my sunglasses, mm. which are you know prescriptions, and I've had them for, I don't know, seven or eight years. Oh. It's probably time to go, really, because they were getting pretty shoddy. Nevertheless, uh, they were very handy for me. So that was kind of a little bit of a, a personal um, disaster, which I will take care of uh, when I return to my home. But uh, everything else is pretty good. Um, it looks like we're in for a freeze coming up next week. Yeah, I, I, I saw. Yeah, I saw twenty degree twenty degrees at night uh, for, on the forecast. But you know how you know how weather forecasts go. I mean, it's only as true. I mean, I think. With the weather forecast, only as true like 24, 48 hours away or something like that. Mm-hmm. Here in Oregon, especially. Yeah. No? I think it's pretty accurate. I think they did a pretty good job. But, you know, I think the, the biggest thing is that what he said by he'll take care of it when he gets home is seppuku. <laughs> well, I have yeah. shamed your home, so. <laughs> you, you have. You have. I mean, there's no t- and there's no taking that back, AG. No. But, uh, it's it's good, but yeah, I, de- I definitely feel for you in terms of prescription sunglasses because I remember when I when I used to wear when I used to own a pair of prescription sunglasses, it was perfect for driving, mm-hmm. especially in, or just being out and about. But I have transitions glasses, eh, they don't you know they don't work as well as actually a prescription sun sunglass, especially like in really super sunny weather. But it works, a and bit. it makes you look really old too. I mean, let's just be honest. You were what transitions? Trans- yeah, I mean, you look. You look old when you're wearing transitions. <laughs> I think anybody does. It, it shouldn't happen. Wait, do you even know what what I'm talking about? Transitions? Yeah, they like turn dark. When okay, it's, yeah. it's I just wanted to make sure you knew yeah. what you were talking about. And then they turn light when you walk inside. And I automatically think, like circa 1988, <laughs> somebody would have something like that. And and it worked fine then. But I I, I don't think it's. I, I think you need to have the two separate. You could have a cool pair of sunglasses. And then your regular glasses when you're indoors. I, I think that's the way it ought to go. That's the way it ought to go. Okay, so bother yourself with having to carry two pairs or having to carry an, a, a, another, pair of sunglasses, uh, another pair of glasses rather than just allow technology to take over and make your life more comfortable. 
Yeah, is that but, what you're saying? Yeah, because you look old and because oh, just for the sake of it, because and outside of the time. So aesthetics is what you're saying. Aesthetics Absolutely. is more important than function. Okay. But, I would totally, I totally agree. But the reason I, I I think I had them in probably around 1988 or maybe a little <laughs> before. Uh, the problem was they never were really clear when they weren't in the sun or <laughs> the transitions. Yeah, yours look really like normal, but yeah. the other ones would always be just like a little bit brown. So you could tell without even them going dark that they were gonna go dark. And there's no not there's no problem with being a little bit brown. No, um, no, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing about this the transitions glasses though, and then we'll, and yeah. we'll and we'll transition out of this conversation. <laughs> but uh, the first iteration of it, the transition would activate even in like a brightly lit room. Mm. So I remember like making a presentation on stage. Um, uh, you know, when I used to work in hotels and my transitions will turn on. So it looks like I'm just wearing sunglasses on, you know, indoors. I'm like, who am I, Corey Hart? You know, I don't, I don't need to be wearing sunglasses at night, but no, no, it's a, uh, it's good. But Mac, how have you been? Good, good. It's been the usual, uh, the usual thing, the, the whole HR thing and the working from home thing and the kids thing. And yeah. And, uh, uh off the air earlier you were lamenting the whole working from home situation for you I'm done with it I'm really done with not being in the regular I'm not someone who's particularly self-disciplined in in a lot of ways and you guys know that we know that we know that most of the people who know me know that I'm not so it's not it's not a shock but for for me the ability to you know I know I'm going to be second to be there at 7 I know exactly when I need to get up I know what I got to do to get ready. I know the traffic that's coming. I know I'm going to get my coffee and I get into work and, then, and then, you know, that I can do my job. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to that kind of thing because that's a lot more important for someone in my position and in the HR. It's not an easy thing to be remote. Yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to hopefully getting to that. I mean, and if I stay with the company, then Matt, that's fine too. Uh, they are. They have an office in the Pearl District that I can use occasionally. Oh, I was I was asking you. Oh, yeah. I, was asking, I was wondering about that. Yeah, they have a pretty cool office space there. It's like a couple stories and like all glass and and all outside. But you know, the problem is with HR is that a lot of stuff that they talk about can't necessarily be overheard by other people. So I would have to go there on days that I knew that there weren't a lot of people there, which might be actually a lot more than we think, because a lot of people want to get to use the. A lot of people, I think, are feeling the same way as me. They're just tired of. Well, yeah, two years being in, isolated. Yeah, two years in, where everybody's tired of working from home. I think they're they're the people who are okay with it are maybe I don't know, like what do you call that? More introverted. Introverted, yeah. yeah the introverted yeah. folks are, are definitely way okay with it. Sure. Yeah, and I think that's totally fine. You know, I don't have any issue with people who want to work. That's why I think it should be a, it should be a choice for for people who want to do it. I don't think the company should force everybody to come in if, if they don't want to. But um, you know, there are some jobs where you got to be there. Like you know, yeah, you work in the grocery store, or, you work or if you're a doctor, you a know, doctor, a surgeon. Yeah. Like you can't really work from home on that one. No, unless they can really get. Really good robot arms from like far away and like hands inside and doing. There you go, the 1988 reference again, (laughs) for sure. No, I mean, I personally, I think I told you also off the air. I I like working from home. I I have some freedoms that I know I will miss once uh, once we return to the office, um, which is for for my workplace is going to happen in the next month or two. Um, But but 
you know, and we're going to try out, and I think I might have talked about this also in like five episodes ago, but we're going to try out this whole three on, two off approach. Three on, three days on site at campus, and then two days you can work anywhere, work remotely. Um, That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, just a balance, because I think there there are those who still very, feel very strongly that the office is still, or at least like in, being in person is still a, a very powerful thing, especially when it comes to collaboration and teamwork and team dynamics and all, all of that stuff. But, but I mean, I think the, there, there definitely are um, benefits that, that the technology now has allowed us to do over the last couple of years that we weren't really thinking about before, right? I mean, there were always those conference calls, which I freaking hated. Those telephone conference mm-hmm. calls because people talk to talk over each other, and you don't really know. I mean, there's really there was it was just really antiquated, <laughs> um, and so you know I'm glad that technology allowed us to to actually make online and, and and virtual meetings happen in a dynamic way. But two years in, and possibly even longer, unless the governments and and the and CDC can get their shit together. I mean, I'm so tired. I was. Um, just even like earlier, I, I returned something to um, to the Amazon locker, and I and I, I had boxes in both both arms, and I was trying to put my mask on in order to get go to the freaking locker. I'm going, this is pathetic. We're two years in. I know we were talking about work from home, and I'm talking about masks, but but two years in, and we still haven't like really transcended beyond what we're doing right now. You know, so yeah, and I, I hate the, the the fact that the the other thing about the work from home thing that I end up with is if I'll go to the store. I'll go into your place and I'll I'll walk all the way to the door and then I realize I don't have a goddamn mask on. And it's like, oh, shit, I gotta go back to the car now and go get that. And that's giving me extra steps. It's probably a good thing because I'm a fat ass. But it, it's the it's the idea of you know if you feel comfortable with it at this point, I'm not particularly opposed to people going in places without masks because even the whole thing of wearing a mask to go into a restaurant just to get to your table. And then you're sitting there and you're just doing, there's, love the, there's the shit there, the shit's there. Right. There ain't much you can do about it. And then you put the mask on to go to the fucking bathroom. To me, it's like the biggest bunch of bullshit. Well, yeah, it's I mean, performative it's like, at that point. What the fuck are we even doing this yeah. for? What are, yeah, exactly. You know, you're mm-hmm. not... We're sick. doing it so that small business owners have a chance to stay alive, stay in business. This is the compromise, and it's not no. I, I'm fine with so. it, but I don't think even the business owners even give a fuck. They're like, "What? What? You're making us do this?" I have seen many a bartender not not wear their mask behind the bar yeah. bar right now here in Portland. Um, or and yeah, I mean, I think I I, I believe in <clears throat> whatever the reasons behind the masking for sure, and really beyond this pandemic. Once once the once COVID nineteen becomes truly endemic and the world the world treats it that as such and i think again i mentioned this maybe two years ago when we started talking about obviously we were talking about a lot of things but not the least of which covid is that the masks hopefully do not retain that the negative that that's being attached to in this at this point in the pandemic because again in the future beyond beyond the what we're, we're at right now I'm truly hoping that people who wear masks outdoors are just, you know, hey, it's you do you. If you want to keep, if you want to wear a mask, that's that's cool. When while everybody else is not wearing a mask, because um, I don't want there to be a stigma, especially here in the U.S., attached a negative stigma attached to mask wearing, because obviously it's happening already, right? And I I think it's actually really good to wear masks <laughs> in certain places. Like if you're at the grocery store, to me, 
that's a great place to wear a mask because if you've got a cold, if you've got something going on, that's that's where you want to protect it. You can definitely reduce illnesses by just doing that. And so I have no problem whatsoever wearing a mask in a grocery store or if we're going to go shopping at, Tar- at, Tar- at Target or uh, Ikea. <laughs> Ikea. Ikea. And in those kind of places, I think that's, that's where you're going to get like all the sickos <laughs> Not like literal, like, like mental sickness, but people who are sick going to those places, and if they're wearing a mask, you're not going to have the the spread of the flu, exactly, and the colds and all those kind of things, exactly. And that's that's the stigma. That's so the I, positive. I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. That's the positive that 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 should be attached to mask. It's, it's, it's like okay, if you're sick, wear the mask. If you need to be out and about, wear the mask to to lessen the spread. And I think that was all. That was all really. Um, what it was what it was intended for, but people, of course, conflated that with other other bullshit. Other bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Ag, you know, you live in another part of Oregon where it, things are a little looser, um, or you've described things as of being a little looser. Is that still the case? It's getting more so that people, I, I you know, used to be I'd go to the store, I'd see three or four, maybe five people throughout the whole shopping. Um, trip that we're not wearing masks now it's probably getting closer to half Hmm. even though the stores are saying please wear a mask it's it's not even so much coming from the state although it also is coming from the state but the stores are asking that you just wear a mask but i think we're we are getting to the stage in this where you a lot of people are vaccinated or they've had it so there's just sort of less, there's less uh, targets available for a virus to go for, unless you can keep getting reinfected, which may happen. Yeah, it looks like you can. But there's probably some sort of small amount of uh, immunity that you have for a period of time. Like you don't get it and then immediately get it again. So, oh, so when you've had it, okay, got it. I so think it's, it's not like a back-to-back type of thing. It's like your body ramps up to kill something and it sort of stays in that mode for a little while and then it comes back down and that maybe you could get reinfected in that i don't know but in any case the opportunities for the virus to spread are are decreasing so some ways it's like i sort of feel and the oregon is saying they will end the mask mandate on march 31st or when patients in hospitals reaches the number 400 so one one model says, "Hey, this will be like March 18th." Another mar- model says it'll be March 31st when this happens. But what's with that number? Well, who who came up with that magic it's, number? I, I, it may be based on something. It's really this is coming from the governor, but uh, I think it has to do with percentage of hospital beds available Got versus it. what's being used. Got it. So, which again, I think really ought to be the the ultimate goal there, and I think that's what people like us get. Or we just don't really think about is that other side of it is that you know there because those beds are full, that means other people with other illnesses are not being so. So it's not even necessarily now about COVID so much as it is about trying to get to those people who need those beds so that they can get the stuff that they need done. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, so I think that should be the messaging. If they made the messaging that it's like hey, like a, like a little commercial, just like make a little commercial, it's like. Uh, Johnny, football player, is partying with his friends, um, happens to get a bad uh, version of this thing, he ends up in the hospital, 
you know, he's there. Granny's waiting for a, a triple bypass. Whatever happens, yeah. Grant, Grant, you know, Granny dies. You know, coming to come visit Johnny because she couldn't get the fucking surgery. No, Johnny comes and visits her and gives her the virus. Well, she dies before she needed. <laughs> so I mean, it works out. It e- works out. Either way, there's ways that you can like you can reach the human heart. I know we were talking about the heart for the triple bypass, but to try to get the point across of like. Let's just do the right thing. Let's just let's just get this wrapped up. Let's just clean let's clean this up so that Granny can have her fucking surgery. <laughs> so you can go see Granny next Christmas. It's all about Granny. Yeah, I, I'm telling you that that's the way they should attack it. Well, I mean, it does seem that country after country have have country after country have started to approach things um, as if this is no this is no longer a pandemic. That is more endemic. I think California is soon to basically say, hey, we're just they're just going to declare it as an endemic at this point in their state. And I think Washington's the same way um, as well. So I would imagine that Oregon, because, you know, Governor Brown only just follows the leader, will follow suit and will have the West Coast be, you know, fully open maybe. I don't know. Well, I think um, it's interesting that this is coming from California, which you would think has probably the strictest... And not only the strictest sort of COVID policies, but probably one of the higher uh, levels of, um, you know, citizen uh, adoption of yes. mask wearing and, and taking pro, uh, you know safety protocols yeah. seriously. Yeah. So the fact that they're saying that we're going to dial this down now, I think that's um, really interesting. It's not from Alabama or some other place that has sort of a, a political interest in... Uh, removing restrictions it's california which you know highly liberal state and they're saying okay we're gonna we're gonna and not only just a liberal state but this is a high population density in a lot of the cities there so it's a lot of people on top of each other i guess i can only i mean i didn't read the article but i can only assume that i just saw the headline so i can only assume that it's based on science it's based on figures that they've been monitoring as well like i would sooner put attach that reasoning to california than alabama for instance, or where are you sure. from? Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. Saudi Arkansas. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think there's a combination of factors. I don't think they're being very. They're, like Governor Gavin is uh, altruistic in his thinking. He's thinking about 2022. And midterms, you're saying. He's talking about the midterms. Yeah, he's thinking about the, the Democrats are thinking about the midterms because they recognize as well as as anybody else that people are tired of it, including. All the ultra liberal Karens that are out there as well. There's Karens <laughs> on both sides of the aisle. Let's just be honest with you. And and these these motherfuckers will revolt if they can't have their G's bar um, at, at a certain time of the day. And they didn't want to take up the mask. I'm gonna do that anymore. They want to go there and with their sweat, their, you know, their sweats on and go get their their, their 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 shit going. Also, they understand that the that the Republican drumbeat against that will it's not going to overturn the liberals in charge in california but it will it will it'll definitely drain their power base and so and the democrats right now i mean you got biden with a negative 12 percent on his approval rating which has been that way for months and i still not i'm not sure why everybody hates biden so much because he hasn't really done that bad of a job but i mean in, in comparison to trump i don't think he's done that bad of a job has he done a great job? No. Has he done? Has he stabilized the country as far as like our viewpoint in the world? And yeah, I think for the most part. 
Um, he's done a decent job, although now we got Russia and China and shit like that going on over there in the Ukraine, which is kind of crazy. That's all another story, but yeah, I think just for the purposes of this, it's definitely a political decision <coughs> by the Democrats to go ahead and and say, oh yeah, okay, well we're not really quite there, but we're close enough that we feel comfortable making this decision uh, to get the moderates and this and the all the and all the suburban moms back on on board with what they're doing because. Again, uh, Trumpy keeps doing crazy shit, and so the more that they can just focus, they can, they can just shift the focus to that guy, and doing in, Jan- in January sixth and, and crazy shit, and the election was was was, was uh, a lie. That's good for the Democrats. Let let them go ahead and do all that shit. But at least, uh, hey, we're 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 taking the mask off for you, right? You know, we're 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 going to call this pandemic over. Uh, that's what they're angling for. That that is such a cynical view, but I think you're right. <laughs> I mean, I hate I hate the fact that it continues to be politicized, you know, on both sides of the aisle. To, to your point, that yes. that it's like okay, that there that nothing could be seen as purely, you know, being done in earnest. I mean, it's just it, there's politics involved. I mean, like what's what's next? The the new cheese eating methodology would be invented by the liberals <laughs> you know? it's like like stacking uh, incompatible cheeses. incompatible cheeses i feel like i think that's more of a republican uh, approach though well I'm, they don't I'm, like the, the mixing of the cheeses but they but notice how the, they put the white cheese on top of the other cheeses <laughs> so so I it's think, like a it's like a strata of it is. It's a strata. Okay. Yes, yeah. it's a strata. Yeah, I don't even know where blue cheese comes in. I mean, I think that's probably the 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 worst cheese. That's, no, that's not true. I, uh, I like blue cheese. Okay, we should talk about this. Because okay, <laughs> there are cheeses that are better than others. I'm not a, like I've never been like a really a blue cheese fan, but lately I've been having more like gorgonzola cheese. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's like holy yeah. cow, this is good. And is that is that this? I'm sorry, is that similar? I, I'm trying. It's to like remember. it's a moldy. Italian. Oh, okay. It's Italian. It's actually probably a little on the milder side. Gorgonzola. Gorgonzola. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's so good on like a. There's a salad that we get. Uh, it's a pear gorgonzola salad. Ooh, yeah. So it's got like a pear dressing and some little crunchy sweet pecans and the gorgonzola in it just sends it through the roof. Absolutely. It's so good. It has to be right. I mean, I think blue cheese. There's a time. There's a time and place for blue cheese. Let's put it that way. It should not end up on a cheese platter. Well. No, I say that I say that both sides of my mouth again, but uh, I'm coming around on it because well, Mac Mac seems to not be we can't we cannot trust his opinion. Well, because blue cheese for him is not stackable. (laughs) Except I have seen uh, and recently they have a a large long pack of pre-sliced like sandwich size blue cheese slices for burgers. Okay. And I thought about getting, but it's like, man, that's a lot of cheese. Like, blue <laughs> yeah. cheese is like good in sort of small amounts. It's, and that's the thing. See, I know cheese is mold, but I don't want it to look like mold. So <laughs> if it looks like it's green or blue, fuck that noise. Well, I, I, and also, like, how many people fuck had, that. how many people, how many French people had to die before they figured out up until only a certain time, a certain time that you, you let the mold grow before it gets uh, inedible? Or something, of, I don't know. Or a lot of Pierre's and Andre's died. <laughs> you get a lot of, I don't know if it's a penicillin flavor, but there's some, <laughs> there are some blue cheeses which are you're really, really selling, strong. You're really selling Mac on this right oh, now. So you can sell him. It's like, I, his opinion on cheeses <laughs> is moot. I, I think it's pretty relevant. Yeah, it's relevant. But uh, It's like it, an artist. 
But anyway, hopefully, hopefully we do. Uh, hopefully the whole returning to work back. I know. Go, go, let's bring this back to the, the return. <laughs> bring your cheese to work. Bring absolutely. Will will not be as traumatic for many people um, in the in the future because I know for me uh, I'm looking forward to being able to return to work, even if it's just three days three days a week, and then the other two days I'll I'll you know still incorporate my current routines. I think that's a good compromise. But anyway, we'll be right back. You record, we talk. Yes. <laughs> nice. Welcome back from the break. Hope you made it a great one. Um, actually, we didn't really. I didn't. Re- I went. I really wanted to use the restroom, but I forgot about it. Are your Are your glasses transitioning right now? It, it is transitioning right now. Um, wow. So you'll see this you in real time. Slightly browner around the eyes. Okay. Okay. That's. Uh, actually, I, I say this. I don't even know. There's what no color, racism in that one. I don't even know what color your transitions are. Are they brown or are they gray? Gray. Oh damn it! And so now you just I'm made totally a race. fucking racist. You just wrong. made a race. Well, I would say the shape of the glasses is closer to Bram Stoker's Gary Oldman Dracula, also. <laughs> so soon he'll just look well, like that guy. I'm just gonna remove. I just removed the glasses so that so that you're not distracted <laughs> anymore. Anyway, welcome back from the break. I made a great one, Mac. Uh, you were talking about you know several weeks ago how you were looking forward to the winter olympics mm. um, because you wanted to watch figure skating so how yeah, how things been for yeah. you uh yeah i mean i i think that uh it's so weird just this year of the olympics that i have given so zero. many zero fucks zero. about what's going on and usually i do i will watch it and and i don't i don't know if it's because it's on Okay, I think I think the reason for me is that we don't really watch TV anymore, like regular TV broadcast. It's all streaming on different channels. Yeah, like it's no longer like um, regular TV for me. So you're so, not you're not paying attention to broadcasts. You're wanting, exactly you want things that are already like on demand is when you want to watch something. Yeah, well, it's just sort of how it's worked out. I mean, we just don't care about watching TV anymore uh, as much, except for the shows that we want to watch. So the binging of the whatever happens to be the, the the new next show so to me anything that's live I will pick up occasionally if I go to a bar um, but from home I don't I don't watch the five o'clock news or the oh yeah I mean or anything like that and I don't know what's going on I and, consume news seven days after it happened right then I could like provide a commentary yeah well I don't know about that about seven days after but certainly uh, I get it more from just the internet looking to see what's going on and then I don't need to watch the uh, is am I am I too far you're fading fading away there you go I was I was it's actually nice and warm. I was Better fading to burn out than I was, fade away. I was fading him out because he was I'm, I'm annoyed by him so. <laughs> but actually but the point is made it's the like, point is made yes. we're not watching the, the, the you know the big three networks anymore that's my issue with this is right? that it's not just on broadcast television which is where it should be like everybody should be able to watch the Olympics without having to pay for cable. I would agree. And and maybe you can, but honestly, any sort of streaming service like NBC Sports, Peacock. you get like forty five minutes free trial. No, then, but I thought it was on NBC. But okay, it might, might. But it's the NBC Olympics, has other programming. So right? many people are unplugged from the the regular cable. Yeah, That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, I was just saying. It's right. like when I was just on. Um, 
and I remember the last time the Winter Olympics were on, I was probably on Comcast to where I got all the local channels and I was watching all that stuff and it was there in front of me. I, like, I can still do it, but to me, I just don't really give a fuck about most of those events enough to, like, make time to go stream it. Like, I liked the Winter Olympics just for it to be background noise, and I'd be like, oh, that's that's cool. Yeah, like but, at a bar or something. Yeah, you know, like, I think, like, in the, the last Winter Olympics, there was, like, uh, what's it called? The one to do the broom and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Curling. Curling. That kind of became a thing for a little while. Like, I, I kind of like the, the some of the shooting things that they do. and they, Biathlon. They, yeah, and all, and all that kind of shit, but... You know, if, unless it's like I'm just watching it just to watch it while I'm doing the dishes or something like that. Uh, or even if, uh, like, I'm not a big, I don't care about figure skating, but I'll go ahead and if you know, Claire's watching it, I'll sit down with her and watch it and, sort, and sort of get into it a little bit. It's interesting because figure skating seems like a very female-oriented sport. Right. But even as a male, you can watch it and appreciate how sure. hard and... Not only to how hard to perform these maneuvers, but how hard it is to perform them gracefully. Yeah. And so I think that there is a, like, figure skating or even ice dancing are, they, they expand their appeal beyond their sort of target audience because of the the skill and the, you know, gracefulness and just how kind of unusual it is. Like, like if I were to try and do this, like, I, there's no way. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a hard time staying on my skates, you know. <laughs> so I really appreciate that kind of stuff. And, and I, I agree with that. And that's the reason why I used to when it was just sort of done for me. I didn't have to go search like search it out. It was just on TV. I can turn it on. That's the difference between now between 2022 and 2018, I guess, or whatever the hell the last one was. I guess it was 2018. Yeah, is that then I had regular cable. I just turned it on. I was like, oh, you want to watch Olympics? Yeah, let's do it. Now we got to go search for it. And it's on Peacock or it's some other place. It's not really in my yeah. place. And I don't really care about that anymore. And I wonder if that's a pandemic thing for me, too. It's like I've cared a lot less. Like, I did watch the Super Bowl, which, by which by the way, we haven't talked about that yet either. Was this halftime show was the best halftime show that I've ever seen. Was yeah, because it was playing. It depends on the generation. We've seen a lot about that, too. Well, I mean, it was playing your, your genre of music, hip-hop and rap. Yeah, it's not really my favorite genre, but I appreciate the genre. The and only the only problem I have with it is that it this was so much in a mutual acquaintance of all of ours. It was in so much in their wheelhouse well, that yeah. it was like almost pandering to this particular person that we know. And, and although I do agree, it was it was great to have all these stars and not just fucking the weekend. Doing who I do appreciate as an artist, yeah. uh, but just not him doing kind of this whole like thing that he came up with. This was a little more of a collaboration. Hey, everybody's going to get their moment. Yeah, you got Snoop Dogg, you got Mary J. Blige, and it was know, just old people. school shit that everybody can appreciate nowadays. But it's like it is very much stuck in an era. Okay, so L.A. had a great hip hop scene back in the nineties. What has L.A. done since then, as far as any genre of music? Like, there is no there's no scene in L.A. Like, nothing has come out of L.A. Like, hey, this is the L.A. sound of this particular genre. That doesn't happen anymore. Portland has more of a sound than L.A. has a sound. So What, whiny, uh, vegan? 
eh, you know, <laughs> and, and again, I'm not, I'm not approving of this. I'm just saying that it has a more distinctive, you kind of, you can almost tell a Portland band right now, but uh, the LA, so there's like, there's no, there's nothing there anymore. Like they had the doors in the sixties and the, Eagles and the California sound and then the 90s with the hip-hop, but nothing I think you make, you make a good point. I, I mean, not that I'm in touch with today's music, but I, I, you're right. I think if, if nothing else, it's become so kind of milk toast. anything that's coming out of anywhere, really. Well, it's like everything has to be influenced by everything else anymore. It's like yeah. you can't just be able to be a straight, uh, you know, retro, old-school hip-hop group. You've got to incorporate all this new shit. So auto it, tune. yeah, maybe maybe auto tune came out of LA. I don't know. I don't know. Probably I, did. I, I do think that you know the you know, the music of today is definitely less distinguishable between pop music, which uses. I mean, they they use the science. They use these certain beats. And I can't, I've read about it. I can't remember what it is exactly, but it's the same thing in every song over and over again. That it's like candy for the human brain. It's just that's really what it is. It's oh, just like that's... shit. Basically, what pop music is. Well, that's what pop music is, exactly. Yeah. So, alt music um, has incorporated, then, like country music, I can't tell the difference between that and hip hop because they try to use hip hop in there to try to be hip, hip hoppy. Are you talking about Lil Nas X? I don't know. I just, I just, I've heard country, like new country music. It's like the worst <laughs> shit that's, that's, on the history of the planet. That's one thing I find really interesting about Lil Nas X is that he did that. Uh, was it Old Country Road song, which is by John Denver? No, that's that's a different song. Oh. But he is a black gay <laughs> hip hop artist, which has a basically a country music hit on his hands, and now he's parlayed that into a larger uh, like he's not on. I don't know if he's on the level of somebody like um, oh, what's her Ariana Grande, where like everything he does is a hit. Because it's him putting it out, but he has got—he's raised his national profile by having a country-influenced rap hit. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I still, for me, and I think that if you were thirty, age thirty to fifty, you probably loved the Happy Halftime Show. Uh, if you were under thirty, you're probably like. I think I've heard of these people before. I don't know what, what's, what's what's going on here. Uh, or they they, they, they they don't even know Snoop as an artist. They know him with Martha Stewart or some shit like that. Um, and if you're over 50 or maybe 55, you're like, nah, I don't like that. That's, that's not music. <laughs> so I think they, they hit the, the key demographics really, really well with what they're trying to do. And for me, I loved every moment of the show. Even though I'm not a huge rap or hip-hop guy, I like it. I can appreciate it. But I was like really into it. I was like, "Yeah, this is great." And so it basically, was LA. all of Alabama like turned their TVs off in the halftime because they're like, "Wait, this is not us." <laughs> oh no, I think I think mostly it's it's, it's, it, it's the it's the older generation who's like, rah, 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 like the boomers who didn't like rap anyway, and then it's people who just didn't haven't grown up with that type of music. The, all all they're used to is the auto tuning. And the weird rap they have now is like all this kind of weird shit that they do. <laughs> it's not really like it's not old school. You can't understand what they're fucking saying. And like I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate the old school rap. And, and it was slow, and I could. It wasn't slow. It. it just had rhythm to it. It had like multiple 
different genres. Tell this is the story all about like that kind of rap. No, I don't like that one necessarily. <laughs> I wish I was a ball. I wish I was yeah. taller. <laughs> but there's 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 some good stuff to that. That kind of brought back some nostalgia, I think, for some people. Well, rap used to be more kind of dance music rather than just sort of kicking it music. You know, yeah. Uh, if you yeah. listen to this, a lot of the '90s stuff, it's actually the tempo. The way the beats kind of come across are very much more. I want to say designed to be in a club. Yes. But there was a there was a less of a blur. There was less of a distinction between say house music and ha, uh, like hip hop at the time. So uh, a lot of like Public Enemy stuff is really kind of fat. If you were to take the BPMs, it's actually pretty fast. Oh, yeah. And I feel yeah. like a lot of more uh, contemporary stuff is is a little slower. It's a little more low key. Whereas '90s is more in your face. You had you know gangster rap and and some other things, but it was much more. I feel like party music in the '90s. Whereas modern hip hop is sort of like more in your head. You know what I mean? Like Kendrick Lamar and some of these more sort of esoteric rappers and. Uh, I just felt like '90s was like it's it's either party music or it's got a political statement. Well, I was gonna say like Rage Against the Machine was '90s. Is that rap? I mean, I think it's yeah, I think it's rock, rap, right? Rap rock. Rap, rap rock. rock. Yeah. Okay. And, and actually, it's probably less rap than rock, honestly. Huh. And they're it's they're touring. They're touring again. What? Yes. Thought those I guys died. Something wrong with that? I'm, I'm fine with those yeah. guys touring. I mean, I think they had a great. A great uh, way of combining the the political with the rap and the rock. I mean, I liked I liked pretty much all their their songs were just great. And, and, and it's more of like that's not a club thing. That's more of like a mosh pit type beat uh, to it. A lot of Rage Against stuff. Machine. You mean? Yeah, that's it's great to run to. Yeah, yeah, an exercise. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But certainly not like you know, with Snoop, you'd be that's more of a club thing or, or Dre and those kind yeah. of things. Like club, gin and juice. Club more like I'm hanging out at my table or kicking it with my homies versus yeah. like let's get out on the dance floor and dance. Yeah. Which I think is more, it was more like the house party movies. You know, it's more uh, per, per, participatory than just like I've got some sick beats booming in the background, I'm kicking it with my juice. In my gin with my homies, <laughs> and I'm using every possible '90s hip hop reference right now. Did you? Yeah, did you? Yeah, did, yeah. you uh, did you? Have you guys heard that fish? Fish's version of gin and juice? No, no. That's actually a really good, yeah. really good fusion right there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think in terms of the Olympics, which is what we started to talk about. The other thing I think that's 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 why maybe it's not as watchable because it's it's not um, like there's no there's no audience. You know, there's no oh, spectators. Yeah. I mean, I think there's 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 something about seeing the crowds there and and it being be and it being more part of of consciousness. Mm. You know what I mean? I think yeah. it's so detached right now. Not only is it uh, happening 16 hours ahead, so there's a time zone difference. It's just so detached right now. Like the same as the same as Summer Olympics last uh, last summer, right? Uh, the Tokyo whatever that was also quite detached because there was no spectators. So hopefully, God forbid that we're still no no spectators at, at the next Olympics, but at the Summer Olympics and where is that happening? But um, you know, part of my also with the Olympics is Paris, Beijing, Paris, getting the Olympics again. 
when they just kind of had it, like, was it, I don't know, maybe about 10, 12 years ago, the Summer Olympics, mm. which was great, which was a great, you know, this is the I most memorable that. Olympics of the past, I don't know. I Google. Maybe 30 years, really. Mostly because of the opening ceremony. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was pretty good. They got it again, and it's like they're really not, like, all the snow is man-made, and if you get a, a wide shot of any of the venues, you just see gray, nasty, industrial crap. Beijing, yeah. 2008. Yeah. So it, it, that's part of it. it that that does weigh on my mind a little bit as far as, like, did Beijing really deserve to have the Olympics again in the winter? Where they, they <laughs> It's not where you would think of the winter, for sure. It's not Beijing at all. So, yeah, I, I think that's a... That's, That's like a good point. But I don't see corruption, basically. Oh, well, yeah. To be blamed. Plus, and also, like, the way they treat the Uyghurs, you know, so, I mean... We, that's got to weigh heavily on on, on U two AG, but no, I think it's you know. So as as of this recording, the Winter Olympics in Beijing will officially end tomorrow, and uh, I don't know. I guess t- to your point, maybe I'll watch sni- uh, snippets of the closing ceremony because those are those are normally as grandiose as the opening ceremonies, right? The they have to transition to whoever is hosting it again, and so they. Get a little more uh, say in the closing ceremony production than you know they otherwise would. But and they'll they'll they'll, they'll also have a lot of executions at at the end of the game too. Thank God, I hope so. All the drug mules that they do there in China—that's kind of how they do those things. I'm sure it'll all be part of the thing that they do. But anyway, so hopefully, hopefully you've gotten your fill of uh, of. Ice, ice dancing, Mac. Because I know that again, you were looking forward to figure skating, but you were like, "What's? We can't forget. We can't forget I just about knew the ice that dancing." Some some Russian chick who was like caught doping didn't medal. That's the only thing that I know. Yeah, she she like uh, yeah. fell apart or something. But I, you know what? In terms of the Winter Olympics, I do like the luge, the luging, whatever luge and the Bob, bobsled and, and all that. Yeah. Those are and like any of the like the really fast. Fast, um, fast games. I, I will, I will t- tune into that. But my favorite thing is the short track ice skating. Track. Oh yeah. Oh shoot. That is just it's intense. Every corner speed, is like intense. Speed skating. Yeah. Speed, and you know in the uh, well, uh, speed skating and then the uh, the relay. I've never seen that happen. Oh, I haven't before. seen that one. They're probably coming up with some new shit that I haven't seen before. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do. Here's the thing. I do like watching. Like, if it was on for free. And you had most of the events sort of spread across like five or six channels, and say they were covering that event exclusively. I'm in. I like. I want to. I kind of want to like immerse myself in. Let's say it's curling, something like that. I want to put that on. I want to have it on for like five hours. I okay. Have different stuff going on, and just I sort of like the the atmosphere of it. Um, but. There's there we go. That's the other bastard. Return, I wonder, I wonder how terrible that is. You know what's funny? I realize that where that's coming from now is over here. Yeah, it's and a not look, there's a there's location. a there's a yeah, I'm giving it away, aren't I? Yeah. But the, isn't there a church sort of up by uh, Cooch Park? There is, but they they don't ring their bell. I okay, so that's synagogue over there. I always thought that was the them. the bell that we hear is mm-hmm. along Twenty First Avenue. Right, that church. I realized that when I walked right across from the Starbucks. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, Winter Olympics, it's like great. I love to be immersed in it. If I can't, then I don't want any part of it because basically these games are held for the country of Norway. 
and <laughs> they win all the shit, which is they win a disproportionate amount of medals during the Winter Olympics. And I don't like that's right. I like I, Norway's a fine country, but you don't need to be dominating the Olympics, okay? It's Just rigged. Know your role. Slow and, and slow your and role. slow the role. Yes, agreed. But uh, but speaking of the Super Bowl, um, did you even watch the game? I did watch the game. I thought it was a good game. It was a good game. Yeah, I, I was actually shocked. At, as I was expecting uh, what kind of happened at the end of the game to be more of the whole game was that the the Rams defense was because the the, the Bengals off the offensive line is, is historically bad, like one of the worst in, in like NFL history. So and the the Rams defensive line is actually one of the best. Not in, in history, but certainly one of the best in the NFL. So I was expecting more of that to happen throughout the entire game. I thought that they would lose like 30 to 10 or something like that. Uh, but Joe Burrow, I really got to say, I got to hand it to that guy. He's a, he's a tough son of a bitch. Joe Sheezy. He, I, and I, I appreciate, one of the things I appreciated when I heard uh, uh, the week before the Super Bowl was that he had, he had called up his uh, high school coach and said, hey, man, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, you want to go to the game? And he's like, yeah. So he, he didn't like bring all of the homies in and the, the hangers on. He, he got his high school coach in there to come see the Super Bowl. That's with nice. His family. Yeah, that's I mean, nice. That's cool. So it says to me that the guy, he looks like a douche, but I don't think he is a douchebag. I Joe Burrow. I like, got, I like him. He's got some sort of it quality right I now. Agree. I and agree. I agree. I'm not sure he's the most talented guy or has the best arm or anything. He's good, though. He His gets shit done. He, he gets, gets it done. Yeah. He's pretty and young, too, right? Like This is like second young. year. Yeah. And yeah. he has some sort of steeze to him that I, it's hard to replicate. There's just a certain confidence mm-hmm. and a certain swag that to him that, that nobody else has right now. Like Even like the best quarterback, which is probably maybe Pat Mahomes, does not have this. Pat Mahomes is kind of a little bit of a football geek, whereas Joe Burrow is more of like the Joe name of Joe Broadway. He's kind of Joe. Guy. He's Joe. He's like a Joe bro. He's a Joe, totally. But he doesn't act like a bro. It's like he doesn't like go out. Like you saw, you see that footage of uh, there was the parade with the Rams and Stafford and his wife. There was some uh, photographer who fell. Uh, fell off the stage, and Matt Stafford just like oh, but turned around, I was like oh dear, and then like walked away <laughs> and left it for his wife to handle. It's like that's a douche fucking shithole he thing. He offered to, do. to pay for the medical bills for this person. He should have just at the very least instead of turning around like an asshole. It's like, hey, are you okay? Yeah. Go over to the edge and don't be a douchebag. That shows to me that the guy doesn't give a fuck about anybody. And you know, he's not the kind of guy to invite his high school coach to come uh, see the Super Bowl. You don't know that though. It's I would have come out, I guarantee you. What if, if, the, you what what if the coach was not available? You know, the, the coach had a wedding to go to or something. Well, then, then there's nothing wrong with that, right? That, that's, that's totally cool. But AG's point is you don't know that Stafford did not. Stafford is a well-known douchebag throughout the whole league. <laughs> I don't know. Where, where are you getting this from? I've never I heard this. Read this. Well, there's I've a douchebag uh, newsletter that Max yeah. subscribes to because he himself is a douchebag. and yes, so that's you true. Know, takes so one to know one. It takes one to know one. Right, exactly. So, I, But I, I do think that Burrow could be... I don't want to see the next Peyton Manning because he could, he's, he's gonna, not necessarily numbers-wise, but as far as like the ability to get endorsements and become eventually that guy, I think he could probably be very, very marketable within the league. And I'm hoping that he he stays true to himself and it doesn't go 
Tracy was like Peyton Manning did with the whole Papa John's thing. You know, I, I think you gotta you gotta go look up some Joe Burrow like celebration stuff where he goes and has a massive like cigar in the locker room. I'm fine with that. That's what Michael that's, Jordan did. That's what like he again maybe not the most physically um, gifted quarterback. Yeah. But he gets a lot done with what he has, and he just has this sort of confidence. He's like Conor McGregor in that someone's confidence gets you to uh, root for them. And Conor McGregor is kind of a real fucking piece of shit. He's he a is, douche. but for what he like does... He's a real piece of shit. <laughs> no, he's a piece of shit. He's just very confident. He's a little cocky. He's had, it, excuse me, he's had his comeuppance a number of times. But nevertheless, his swagger... In the ring. Did you see his little walk in the ring? Like a couple years ago, he comes walking in like he's some fucking Oliver Twist character. And it just, for whatever reason, I think a lot of us are attracted to confidence. And uh, Joe Sheezy, Joe Burrow, has got it. And whether it's justified or not, it doesn't even matter because he just he has it. And he has results. I mean, he got Cincinnati to the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, but they're pretty shitty team. Let's just be honest. They only have a couple players that are. Working well, they have they they have receivers up the wazoo as far as like. Yeah, if you get really the good throw, receivers, yeah, that's and a good guy. running back, and the defense is okay. I'm. I was a little disappointed that LA won, but I, I don't really care. And some of this has to do with my team, the Seahawks, having won a Super Bowl, and up until the time that they won the Super Bowl, I'm always jealous of the team that wins. But now that my team has had a win, it's like, okay, you can have yours. I had mine. I had my my day, and like, everything was fine after that. So I can, I'm can i okay with the Rams winning, even though they kind of just, you know, assemble the team of superstars and, as they did. But, you know, the second largest market in the NFL probably needs to get a championship go Rams like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash innocuous bastards find us on Twitter as at innocbastards or follow our blog at innocuousbastards.wordpress.com email us at innocuous.bastards at gmail.com Nothing, like, nothing not, goes better not, with a glass of wine than Taco Bell. Double yeah. Mountain. Well, and then, yeah. and then, you know, so you go do the thing, and they're like, no, uh, you have to order that online. I was like, what the fuck? Oh. You're just like, dude, make it. Make are you, it. Are you sure? They, uh, they mean like order it on the app? You have to order it on the app and then pick it up. What? You can't just order it through the drive-thru. They refuse to, to just make us the goddamn thing through the drive-thru. Oh, God. And the... the Oh man! So did did Claire turn into a Karen and then ask to speak with the manager? Or? No, nobody did that. But I was just like, "Fuck yeah!" I didn't say "fuck you." I was like, "Well, that's kind of stupid." That's what I told them. It's like that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But I said, "I, I know it's not your fault, so we'll just go ahead and get the hell." Ah, uh, you, you totally went HR. I didn't want to make him feel bad. I mean, I, I don't want to make the service industry people feel because that's when you, you don't want to you don't want to have bad karma with the service You're industry. You're absolutely correct. You know I, what I'm saying? I support I support that one thousand percent. Yeah, you can't do that shit because you will get fucked. 
at the like end. You of don't day. know what that schmear is on the inside of your. <laughs> I mean, even if it's not at that place, they said it was. They said it was refried beans, oh, but you I'm will suspicious. pay the price at some point for fucking over service in the street. They're like you go into a Taco Bell, and they're like crows. If you fuck over one crow, you fuck them over all of them, and then they will all collectively. Remember your shit, and yeah, then you will never, it. and then you will never be able to trust that what's in that chalupa. Yeah, you're not gonna know. You don't, and you don't want to be there. You want to, you want to go there in confidence and know that it's it's gonna be good. Okay, well, we'll move on from this after I just do a fast, <laughs> uh, fast, uh, what do you call it, lightning round, real quick. Yes. So your go-to Mac, your go-to Taco Bell order. Well, okay, so when it was available, it was the black bean and uh, rice burrito. Um, Ooh, yeah, and yeah. I would get that yeah. all, like, all the time. Now it would be the, it's the cheesy bean and rice burrito. Okay, uh, so you're, it's, it's still a burrito. So you're, yeah. you're a basic. You're a basic, <laughs> you're a basic bitch. bitch. Yeah, I don't like all the other stuff because it gets you too full. You just want enough to like knock out any potential bad hangover. Actually, that's a not, that's not right? a bad idea. You don't want to go to head, you know, bed like stuffed. Okay, AG, what's your go-to? So it's I'm going to just preface this by saying I haven't been to Taco Bell in quite a little while, but <laughs> I, so I would order like a Nacho Supreme hmm? and then maybe like a Baja Chalupa. Okay. And I don't Chalupa. even make those anymore. Uh, they're just called Chalupa uh, Chicken Supreme or something like that. Well, whatever the f- flavor of the month Baja was, although maybe I'm conflating that with Baja Blast. Which is the, <laughs> the drink. Mountain Dew drink, which has <laughs> no, no, I no remember, discernible flavor. I remember a Baja Chalupa before. There were like three different kinds that when they first came out. Yeah. I don't remember what they all were, but I think the Baja is the one I remember. But that was pretty good. And the nachos is good. Anything else is just, you might as well just roll like some 20-sided dice <laughs> and come up with the ingredients. Because they're all just, there's like about nine different things they can put it in. But there's a billion different combinations of them so true that that's right well my go-to uh which i had last night in fact um is a crunch wrap the crunch wraps, oh, crunch yes. wraps are good. those yeah. are really good yeah. i gotta say yeah i mean it's, it's so portable i mean i i, I ate it on my walk home you know because yeah. i mean there's no reason to wait <laughs> i mean honestly you don't have to Dude, you know? i slept yeah. on crunch wrap when you asked me the question damn you're right yeah, yeah. yeah. crunch wrap throw man. one of those on there i mean it's still it's going <laughs> under five bucks whatever i order but. i think one of the worst things they ever did though and i don't know if they did i don't think they still have it the doritos thing well there was that but it's like the mexican pizza mm. kind of thing i just i might have had one of those ones it's just gross. It was it like a like a single service single serving yeah, size pizza? Yeah, like yeah, that big. Did it come in the same box that like a Crunchwrap Supreme would come? Basically, in? yeah, okay. yeah. And it was Wait, just, your Crunchwrap comes in a box? It used to come in sort of a. I think it used yeah, to come in like a little clamshell yeah. thing. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, it's been a while again since I've been there. <laughs> and, and this isn't. I'm not boycotting them. I just find my. Uh, the times in which I want Taco Bell are pretty defined. That's the only one I'm drunk. Yes. Uh, no, I would. I would exactly. That's the only. I would concur as well. I would concur, and I get so freaking mad when the Taco Bell in my neighborhood, especially during the you know like the last couple of years, would just close randomly like at nine yeah. o'clock. It's like I'm not done drinking yet. Do you first of all. I'm, you, I am depending on your and so, availability. And so, <clears throat> and what I end up going, what I end up doing when that when those things happen when. When that happens is I go to the Quick Mart and buy a Choco Taco, which approximates the experience, but it's it's a it's an ice cream sandwich that's shaped like a taco. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. and then I just and I cry myself to sleep. 
You know what I mean? Because that's the only way that I can fall asleep. There. That might as well be just like an, a hangover intensifier if you're having a chocolate taco. I think so, too. That's bad. That's a bad carbon. Oh, it's just sugar to the mix. It, it, no, it yeah. saves me. It helps me out uh, for yeah. some weird reason. He's a freak. But... Well, it's probably because of the crying. So he's, he's getting rid of some oh. of the alcohol and the toxins. There you go. Through the crying. There you go. It's a combo. It's a yeah. combo. You're, but anyway, so... Your beautiful brain sometimes just... <laughs> no, don't don't give me that. He's a douchebag. So anyway, uh, Jesus, we got this first, the first snort in IB Studios 3.0. Yeah, it's there. Uh, so anyway, so let's let's transition. I've been recording, so let's but let's transition to uh, talking about uh, some recommendations uh, for our, for this great nation. Yeah, because uh, Edgar. That's right. Edgar is looking for some new stuff right now. Edgar doesn't know what he wants. He doesn't know what's out there, which is why, why he needs us. Which is why he needs us. Yeah, exactly. This is it's a service. Remember, we are we are in the service industry. We are here for you. What would you have, uh, Mac? What do you, what recommendation do you have for Edgar? <coughs> AG, what do you? <laughs> I recommend clear, clear, clear lungs. It was there. It and... was perfect a second ago, but it was because I was laughing. Um, no, I think uh, one very easy one for us is the is the show. I think it's been out for probably a few weeks. I'm not sure how long it's been out, 100. percent But it's uh, it's called All of Us Are Dead, which uh, is a good title just by itself. On Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's another one of those Korean uh, zombie flicks. And I think it even references Train, Train, Train to Busan. I, mean, I think they did to get to that episode. One of the characters, yeah. yeah. It's like it's so they are aware. Uh, spoiler of alert! It. Spoiler about yeah, it. Yeah, but but they're aware of it, and it's not really. It's just like a funny reference that they made to it, which I thought was super cool. And it's kind of based in a, a, a well, it kind of it is based in a high school where this all originates. I don't want to get into too much of the spoilers, but. It is really good. The, the 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 zombies in the movie are kind of a cross between um, the, the World War Z type zombies and your, your typical kind of mindless, brainless zombies. But then there's some there's some stuff that that'll happen that you'll see. Uh oh, I'm kind of getting a spoiler myself yeah, right I'm now. Just I'm only on episode four. You're, you're going to see some interesting variations of, of things that happen. In the series, let's oh, just, so let's, let's say that. So that's kind of like a little bit then integrating some I Am Legend kind of zombies yeah, into that as well. I don't even remember that movie. No, yeah, they weren't really yeah. zombies. They were just sort of infected. They were yeah. infected, but they were but they were okay. thinking zombies. You know, like they were thinking. Right. They right. were intellectual zombies. <laughs> there, there, there may or may not be some of those things happening uh, in this particular one. So, and just the, the general idea of. <clears throat> kind of how they came about is really interesting as well. So there's actually a lot of of stuff going on in the story that is not just zombie based that I really appreciate. Okay. So and it is yes. a it is a series. Yeah, I should it's, say it's twelve parts. I think there's okay. twelve episodes. So 12 episodes. So it's kind of a long one for once. Okay. Some of them are like eight. Uh, it definitely deserved all twelve, and I think that they're probably setting it up for a second season. Well, I'm only on episode four right now, which I think I revealed that uh, uh, early on. Um, yeah. And I can attest that, you know, to your point about it being 12, 12 episodes versus only eight, I don't even think they're dragging it on. No. I mean, I think every single, I tell you, I mean, like I, I was I was sharing with, with these guys off off mic earlier that I, I, I don't watch that show, this show, any or any zombie show <laughs> at night because I get so freaked out. Um, but um, no, I, I and I would concur with you that that is a, a good recommendation for for Edgar. I think so, a quick Edgar question really about good. that. Yeah, it, it takes place in a high school. Is it mostly sort of high school 
issues aside from the zombies, or are there like adult adults in the room as well? There are some. There are a lot of high school issues that are definitely a part of it, but there are uh, other overarching issues surrounding things that you don't necessarily see in this first episode. So it definitely branches out from where you see it mm. at the very beginning. But I mean, it's just it's really interesting because. I don't know if that's how the high schools are there, but it looks like the high schools there really suck really, really bad <laughs> in Korea. How, how do you mean? South Korea. In South Korea, yeah. Like, really, like, everything's very regimented, or there's, no, there's like, like, social strata or something? Yeah, a lot more of the social strata, for sure, and, you know, the violence against other uh, kids. Which bullying. You, but do you, bullying, feel, yeah. do you feel like this is atypical? Like... Mm. Do you feel like the the issues that they're raising are, um, well, what's the word here? Are they are they amplifying this for the sake of it being on a TV show versus an accurate portrayal of what's really happening? I think probably there's a they're probably amplifying it a bit, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never been to high school and in South Korea. Oh, and, you should. And, and I have you been. Totally do that. And the Highly high school that I went here yes. was a couple blocks away from the studios, which was a kind of a hippie high school. So. I got to do a couple fights, but nothing crazy. But, um, you know, I definitely think that they do it in a number of different ways that is not over amplifying either. I, I appreciate the series for everything that it, it, it was that I saw. And if you like zombies and if you like those Korean shows, you will definitely be 120% on board with they're, this. They're all the rage right now, these South yeah. Korean, South Korean they dramas. Do, they know what they do well and, they, and they, they do it well. That last one was the one that was on the moon. It's fucking awesome show. I mean, I can't think of a bad Korean show that I've seen on Netflix so far. A bad one. Yeah. Some of them are a bit more boring than others, but definitely nothing bad. It's all it's all awesome stuff. Do you feel like because you're and this is something I had mentioned to me many years ago. Do you feel like when you're watching a show like this where you don't know anybody, you don't know any of the cast, that you give it more uh, credence as far as believing what you're seeing on the screen. Hmm. Like you see a movie with Brad Pitt, you know it's Brad Pitt. And even right. though he's acting and he's a decent actor, there's nothing on the screen that you're going to say, hey, yeah, he's I got, really believe he's that, got this, the same walk. He's that character. He's got the same delivery. Whereas, well, I don't know, he's, he's kind of, he's had some movies where he really does like 12 Monkeys Okay. Well, his, his but, delivery is very. He's not a bad actor. He's just kind of a pretty boy, and I don't like that. But in any case, <laughs> I'm just wondering if you know the fact that you get a fresh cast to your eyes, it, does that give it some more verisimilitude, like believability, or you get more engrossed in what you're seeing because you believe what you the character the actors are the characters that they're portraying. Do you think that's true? I think so. I and mean, then a good example of that for a zombie in the zombie realm is Shaun, Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know who the fuck that little redhead uh, motherfucker was along with the fat guy. Oh, I had I seen I'd seen a couple of them. Well, I, I, I that was that was my first Simon Pegg movie as well. Yeah, so I, that that was the first of me. Like I had known uh, uh, Black Bucks. I think was a little bit before that, perhaps. So I'd known him. And some of the people who were in that movie, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I knew who that is. But still, I haven't seen a lot of them, right? So it wasn't, it was, so Shaun of the Dead was like a perfect example of that. It was a believable, no, it was a zombie movie, but they, I wasn't like a, a, a attached to that one star 
See, I'm coming from an opposite end for him because I I watched Simon Pegg. I've seen him in a number of things before that, including the show called Space, which, in my mind, having seen Space and being really engrossed in that that TV show, uh, Shaun of the Dead came as a little bit of a letdown because Mm. of how good Spaced is and like how many, how much comedy and references and sort of unusual stuff that happened in Space. It felt like. Shaun of the Dead was like one spaced episode stretched out to 90 minutes. Well, that just proves your point from earlier in terms of like if you don't know any of the actors on screen, uh, for, you get more invested because you, there's more of a believability there mm-hmm. um, in what they're going through and, and their characters. So, I mean, I, I get that. I, I, can, I can certainly agree to that as well. Uh, but AG, since you're really hot and bothered right now, I mean, what's your, what's your recommendation? So I've been watching, and I'm not done with it yet, but on Netflix, is a, it's a documentary, sort of a, uh, I want to say series, but it's a sort of a limited thing. It's called Wormwood, and mm. it's about, it's a documentary, but has, you know, sort of recreations of things, but a lot of it is, is the sort of primary people in the story talking to the director, who is Errol Morris, who is like a do- documentary kingpin like he's done some really great documentaries that if you were to think about a documentary director he might be one of the first ones you hmm. think of but it's about um, it's about the CIA it's about the MK Ultra program mm. uh, it's about a, it's yeah. about a potential murder <clears throat> the scientist who was deeply involved in um, a lot of sort of covert CIA like chemical stuff gets he dies by going out of a window a 13th floor window in new york and so this whole this whole story is about like his son and you know his family trying to discover actually what happened here because literally um, that that's the logo yeah and the the first i'm gonna have to watch that you see that like the in the opening scene you see him die and then the rest of the i think it's six parts is going sort of backwards to talk about what led up to that and what, you know, they sort of uh, go into, like, did he go out the window? Like, did he commit suicide? Was he thrown out the window? And so there's a, there's a whole bunch of them trying to gather information from the CIA and the CIA sort of stonewalling them but giving them some stuff and the stuff doesn't make sense and they exhume the body, and it's just a lot of stuff. It's pretty engrossing. And, and then Errol Morris has some pretty interesting um, cinem- cinematic tricks up his sleeve as far as um, just what you're seeing on screen, the style of what you're seeing on the screen. And I think they even... Did you guys ever see the show called Documentary Now, which was... Fred Armisen and Bill Hader. Yeah, I think they may have seen uh, a little bit of that. Yeah. So one of the movies that, or one of the shows of that is is spoofing an Errol Morris documentary, and so he has some. <laughs> you, he has a style to what he does that is somewhat distinctive, but it's also like when you're watching it, it's just very. It's. It, I keep using the word engrossing, but riveting. It's, it's riveting, but it's. It doesn't sort of look like other stuff, or it, it looks... It's not your typical documentaries. Right? In some ways, and there's some... He makes some stylistic choices during this documentary that I'm not sure I agree with, but 
it's always kind of fascinating to watch. And then it has um, like Peter Sarsgaard and mm -hmm. uh, let's see who else. I don't know if you know who Hope Parker, not Hope Parker, Molly Parker is. She was, I think, in Deadwood. And uh, it's got uh, Tim Blake Nelson, who mm. there's a shot in my head of him in this series that's stuck there because it's so icky kind of like what he was doing but he's smiling and that there's something about that that uh contradiction that really sticks in my head but anyway wormwood six episodes they're about 45 minutes each on netflix okay netflix love it <clears throat> and uh, i actually have two recommendations mm. Ooh, so one also on netflix um we are not sponsored by the way by netflix uh, although <laughs> yeah, if they're interested yes. Yes. Um, is this? It's a it's a South Korean uh, multi part uh, series that might have a season two. It's called Bulkasal, and the premise of this one is: Have you seen it, Ag? No, I just like can can they not name their shows a little more American friendly? <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, so it's called Bulkasal, which is actually the name of a of an ancient demon, Ooh. and so the premise nice. is that I mean it starts off with basically in modern day, and here's this. You know, here's this guy who's basically cutting down a demon and then fit comes, you know, in contact with this woman. And he basically starts, starts off with like, I've been searching for you for 600 years and I finally I finally see you. But that's kind of like the opening scene. And the backstory is that their lives have been inter uh, intersect, um, intersected, whatever. In, uh, intertwined, intertwined and connected mm -hmm. over over thousands of years. Because they 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 both have unfinished business in their lives, and they mm -hmm. and they keep intersecting, so they keep getting reincarnated. South Korea is or Koreans are uh, uh, believe in reincarnation. There's been quite a few uh, is shows. That, is that for real? Yeah, so there's quite a few shows where reincarnation is is part of the. It's a trope, but so the um, the so the so the drama follows. Uh, it's all these, you know, there's some back and forth timeline, you know, uh, scenes where they're like, okay, here's a scene where he's cutting, I'm sorry, I know that some spoilers, but he's cutting somebody's throat. He also cut that same person's throat like 60 years ago. Hmm. But, you know, but but diff different so like different highlight. settings. Did he cut the head off? <laughs> but it's, it's kind of cool okay. because it's like, uh, it's that one right there. I was so invested. I mean, like if I if I had the time, I would have binged it. I would have right. binged all twelve episodes. But obviously, I had to cut it, cut it uh, in the multiple uh, viewings. But it's really, um, you know, I like the historical dramas, even though. But then there's also mo modern modern scenes and and how everything is all interconnected at the end, and like it, that, that makes sense. That makes sense now. So. I, so I appreciate it. It's called Bulgasal. Um, again, it's... Um, Can you spell it? B-U-L-G-A-S-A-L. Yeah. Something like that. But it's... And each episode is like an hour and 15 minutes long. Ooh. So that's why it's like... It's like I said, you get invested it's an in investment, it. It's an investment, yeah. There are... This one, you know, kind of... Um, uh, hearkening back to what you were, we were talking about with um, All of Us Are Dead. This one, though, there are certain episodes where it just felt like they were just lengthening it from a storytelling standpoint. Uh, like, okay. like, I didn't right. need to see that or... Yeah what was that comedic break for but you know whatever that's you know that's it's almost like you know a, a random song and dance number in a bollywood film but um <laughs> but bulgasal i would i would highly recommend that it's on netflix and then this and another one that i heard about from a podcast that i just started watching and i'm on episode three right now uh it's on hbo max called uh be foreigners so it's foreigners with b-e 
on it and the the premise is that all of a sudden in modern day Oslo, Norway, in modern day Norway, full circle. Um, all of a sudden these people from the past started popping up and they would enter the modern day via via the water. You know, there'll be a flash of light. Um, first of all, the lights will go out. Um, you know, there'll be an electrical uh, problem. The lights will go out. There'll be a, a blackout. And then these people will come from the water. Mm-hmm. And these people that are coming out from the water are speaking like a, a Nordic language, like from a thousand years ago. They were coming from the uh, Stone Age. They were coming from the Viking Age and then the Victorian Age of, mm-hmm. of Norway. But then it was revealed within the first couple of minutes of the, of the first episode that this was happening all over the world like all of these people <laughs> were coming I'm like uh, if you guys don't see it but I'm like bumping into so many things right now because I'm talking the whole city was so I'm talking I'm talking with my hands but anyway uh, and it's an old trope you know like you've seen episodes where, you know you've seen um, I mean there's one uh, there's one on there's a show a recent show right now where like an an airplane took off in 1995 and then landed in 2004 or something like right. that you know so there's all there were there's so a lot of these there's a lot of these tropes where like people from the past are, are coming into the present and there's always like a caveman lawyer <laughs> and uh but what what's uh and and what's interesting in this one is is again like they're trying to really uh i like the uh that they're called time time immigrants so i mean it's a portmanteau of time immigrants right because again and and how the 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 Victor- the people from the Victorian age are adapting more to, to modern life than, of course, somebody from the Stone Age. So, like, the Stone Age people are all in the alleyway and they've got their fire pits and they've got their goats <laughs> because that's what they're like. They could not figure out an iPhone, right, you know. Right. But and then, but then there's also like uh, in this society, then Norway, there's like a shop that that's all mead because then that's 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 attracting the Viking, the people from the Viking age. Interesting. I like that. Uh, you know, like and, and and you know, there's actually there's a kind of like a there's a scene where it's kind of like a a hipster explaining something to a to a boomer because you know the the guy was like, can I get oatmeal with cinnamon? And the hips are like, well, oat, uh, cinnamon actually uh, affects the, the uh, the quality of the of the oats. So you know, back in the a thousand years ago, we there wasn't cinnamon. Like you know, like they're like again, it's like a like a modern hipster scene, but with that with that twist. So what's the tone of the show? Is it more drama? It's it's or a more it's a it's a, uh, a police. What do you call it? It's like a procedural. Yeah, dramedy. It's a procedural. Procedural. A police procedural because. Um, the the unfortunate thing that started happening also in episode one is that all of a sudden these uh, before foreigners are getting murdered as soon as they arrive and so they're trying to figure oh, out what's what's happening here. That's interesting. But it's a, it's cool. It's it's a, and it's you know it's subtitled. It's or it's all in <clears throat> Norse. No, what 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 are they? Norwegian? No, Norwegian. Norwegian. It's in Norwegian language. And it's actually kind of cool because part of the the one of the scenes uh, in episode one was again um, there's this person that was brought in from the Stone Age. They're talking. They're using a language that was a thousand years old, and they weren't even understanding one another, even though they're both they're both coming from the same country. But it's a, it's an interesting like again it's an old trope, but I feel like this particular show ha- has breathed new life into that whole bringing people from the past into the present type of thing. And so I'm interested. I'm invested right now. Um, Hopefully, I don't get disappointed with with um, uh, later episodes. But it, they've already there's already two seasons on HBO Max, so they've got to be doing something good. Yeah, no, I'll check that so out. check. Fuck off. <laughs> hey, that's the first fuck off in uh, IB uh, Studios 3.0. Uh, 
but hopefully you, you check that out as well, Edgar, and uh, hopefully you, you've got uh, you got what you needed from us today because this was all that we can give at this point. So goodbye. Mm-hmm.